Welcome to the Prismatic Heart of the Seven Sisters. We're your hosts, Shannon and Mary. Through working with the Akashic Records, we have become aware of our connection to the rainbow realm, the highest point in the universe, or the pinnacle point. We're here to spread the knowledge of the rainbow realm from the Council of the Pinnacle to help you awaken to the truth of who you are. We cannot wait to go on this journey with you. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful rainbow souls. Welcome to today's episode. Today, we have such a special episode for you. It's a conversation between myself, Shannon, and Catherine, who you met in our episode where we introduced our sisters. So Catherine is the sister of the heart, Maropa, and she is a professional astrologer, human design reader, an activation and ascension guide, and and also a conscious business coach. She does some absolutely incredible work, and I have learned so much from her since we connected in this incarnation. And for so long, I've wanted to bring her on the podcast and talk all things astrology, human design, the rest of 2020, all the good stuff. So today's episode is Catherine and I chatting about astrology, chatting about what our chart can tell us about ourselves, and she gives some examples of her own chart. We talk a little bit about my chart, then we talk about human design, the most important parts of human design that Catherine focuses on with her clients, and then we talk about the astrology of 2020, so what we have to look forward to or to prepare ourselves for might be a more accurate way of putting that. No, it's not going to be all bad. It's not that it's bad things are happening. It's just 2020 is, as you already know, a roller coaster every year. So Catherine helps prepare us for the rest of 2020, and we have some interesting conversations around the astrology of this year and what we're seeing and how the astrology of this year mirrors other points in history and the interplay between astrology and history, which was a conversation or a part of the conversation that I particularly enjoyed. So today's episode is a chance for you all to get to know Catherine better and a chance for us all to prepare more for 2020 and also to take a look at our own personal astrological and human design charts because as Catherine says the best thing that we all can be doing right now is aligning with our highest selves with our highest good and with our highest path and one of the best blueprints to guide us through that is astrology and human design I hope that you guys love this episode I'm going to link in the show notes all of the ways that you can contact Catherine and I'll also mention it in the outro at the end of the episode. So for now, just sit back and enjoy this conversation with Catherine and I. I have Catherine here to talk with us about astrology and human design and about a little bit more about 2020, the rest of this year. So we're just going to kind of jump right in. You guys have met Catherine before. She's (laughs) our 
sister of the heart, Maropa. So welcome, Catherine. Thanks so much for coming on with us, with me. Hi, Shannon. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here. I've been wanting to have this discussion for a really long time. Like astrology and human design are such important blueprints for mm -hmm. everything we're going through. And you're, the way you explain it, because we've done a lot of, Catherine and I have talked through a lot of, of my personal charts. And the way that you explain it to me is like, no one else has ever explained it before in the way that you do. And so I really want everyone who's listening to like hear how you work with this information because it's so it's so powerful so thank you yeah I love 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 both astrology and human design and working with them simultaneously too even though astrology is a part of human design mm -hmm. um, they just complement each other really nicely when you look at them as their own separate systems yeah. I, and that's kind of how I see it too. I know human design has what it's nine different systems that are a part of it. It's four it's, different systems. It's four. Oh, I thought it was, like yeah. a little, it was more than that. Okay. <laughs> nine centers. Nine <laughs> centers. Okay. But yeah. even so of those ones, really the, the only one that I look at by itself is astrology as well, because it yeah. just gives another aspect to the picture. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And there's, they just complement each other so, so beautifully too. It can just be really helpful to know both because the way that I see it is that astrology is sort of like you're looking at things in energy waves, right? And you're, you're looking at things and like, okay, what is the transit going on? What is the progression going on? And also what is my needle energy versus yeah. human design can really help with the day-to-day -day and the moment-to-moment -moment decisions and activities and, and just kind of synthesize all of that for the layperson. It's a little bit easier of a system to get into mm -hmm. and to learn versus astrology is literally like a lifelong study and takes that commitment to get into. Um, but human design is sort of like the shorthand way even though it is, a, it is a complicated system on its own too, and does take a while to master, um, it just, they work really well together because astrology is sort of like that longer term um, and bigger vision. And then human design is like, okay, what is my, what does my day-to-day -day look like? And what does my decision moment to moment look like? That makes lots of sense because human design, like I feel like the things we start with is our energy type and the centers you have defined or undefined your profile and like your authority. And those things are super day-to-day. -day. Like you can just immediately implement that. Exactly. Yes. I mean, I always tell people like as soon as they get off a call with me and they're doing human design, it's like, as soon as you get off of this call, listen to your strategy, listen to your authority. You know what I mean? Like you can use those things right away. And astrology too, to a certain degree, but it's kind of more of an overarching energy. Um, and so it can be a little bit more nuanced than human design, but you can definitely master and definitely practically utilize both, which is what I'm all about, is about actually applying them in the real world and not just talking about it like nebulously or, you know, right. um, <laughs> like looking at it from the perspective of how can I use it right now and how can I apply it to things you know like life or relationships or business exactly I think that's why I love how you describe it to me because in the past and the first thing I got into was astrology but getting into it 
it is very nebulous. And so it, it's like you, you see your chart and, and understand the energies and you're like, wow, I feel so seen, but then how do you apply it? So, right. How do you use it in your day to day? And then also, like I said, with all the transits and progressions, how yeah, do you navigate it as it shifts and as it changes? Right. Cause we don't just stay, we don't, we're not static. We don't just stay stuck. You know, right. I think that's, a misconception about astrology is that you know you have your sun sign or what people call your zodiac sign or whatever which is really your sun sign mm -hmm. um that's the most well known and or your star sign i hear some people say that and i'm like what the heck is that <laughs> i know I'm like what the hell is a star sign yeah it's Don't so weird name it guys like just let's keep it easy <laughs> Yeah, it's super weird. Um, but you know, and then they think, oh, you're just that one thing, right? Yeah. And that's even where like the myth of the cusp comes in is that people are like, oh, well, I was born, you know, at the end of this season. So therefore I must be like this one. And it's like, no, 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 you probably just have planets that are that next, you know, solar season. And so it's so strange because it's, it's just really funny that people oppose it so much for that reason that it's you know static and stuck and it's like it could no. not be further from the truth of what real astrology is which is why like I said it, you're constantly learning more and you're constantly looking for new ways to apply it because there's so many moving pieces yeah I love that um so what I really would love is to talk about since you just brought up sun signs and everything what are your astrology signs you know, the big three, sun, moon, rising, and then anything else that you find really important, like when you're looking at someone's chart. And then same with human design, your type, strategy, authority, all of that. Yeah. Okay. So in astrology, I'm an Aries sun. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> no one has ever guessed that wrong. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> my best friend Leanne and I, we have um, an after hours astrology podcast. And we were talking about our sun signs and I was like, no one has ever not guessed that I'm an Aries. I'm such an Aries. Um, so I'm an Aries sun. I also have a Venus and I have a Lilith in Aries. So, and yeah, lots of Aries and they're all in my 10th house of career and, and reputation. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm basically married to my work. <laughs> like. Oh <my> <laughs> Like I love, I love, I love what I do, but it's cute because I have a seventh house in Capricorn. So my ideal partner is actually like going to be attracted to me for that very reason, which I think is adorable. That is adorable. Um, perfectly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have an Aries sun. I'm a cancer rising. So I always joke, like I'm the mother of my brand, the mother of dragons. And then I have a Libra moon. She keeps everybody sane. And then I have a stellium in Pisces and a stellium in Scorpio. So um, what's a stellium for anyone who doesn't know what that means? <laughs> so a stellium is traditionally when you have three or more planets okay. in, or four or more planets in a sign. So um, I have quite a few in Pisces and quite a few in Scorpio. And because of this, those are dominant energies in my chart. Yeah. Um, and then I have my outer planets, mostly in Capricorn. So the majority energy in my chart would be Aries, Pisces, Scorpio, and Capricorn. Even though I'm in Cancer Rising and the Libra Moon, like those are my big three, but those are like the energies in my chart that really like to come out to play. 
Um, but everyone in my generation has, or our generation has that really Capricornian influence um, in the outer planets because those move slower. So those are ones right. that are generational planets. Um, but yeah, so that's my astrology. I also have a second house in Leo, which I feel is a really um, big energy in my yeah. chart. Um, is my second house in Leo because I'm an eight life path in numerology. So my life path in numerology is all about abundance and money and helping other people make money and stuff. And so to have a Leo second house makes a lot of sense because the Leo second house is all about inner self-worth and then you see it reflected in your external world. And then also um, being on camera or being on film and that sort of thing too. And I was a professional actor, so it all clicks into place. Um, and then my midheaven is in Pisces also. So my true soul purpose, like my true life purpose is um, exactly what I'm doing now, helping people get in touch with their soul self and love their soul self manifest from their higher self, that sort of thing. Um, what's my other big, oh yeah, I wanted to mention my Scorpio North Node too. So that's one yeah. of the places, yeah, that's one of the places that Scorpio shows up. And all of my Scorpio planets are in the fifth house, which is the house of personal expression. So again, that's why it's a really big energy for me. I come off um, sometimes like very Scorpio. Um, so it's interesting, like when you look at it holistically, because there, again, there's all these moving pieces, right? Like it's not just the one thing, but we're all just like these cute little individual snowflakes. <laughs> I love that. And hearing you describe it, like all the, the big energies, I was just thinking, yes, of course, of course. I see that like the, because obviously we've talked about your astrology, but mm -hmm. the way you just described it, I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what she's doing. Like she's right in her path. Yeah, I'm um, very, very, very aligned with right. what it is I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> you so are. Yeah. I also have a, a question because this is just funny. We've been talking about this. Um, mm -hmm. Your second house in Leo and your life path number eight. So I'm also a life path eight, but my second house is Taurus. So mm -hmm. is that also like obviously a different energy with the life path eight, but like what mm -hmm. is the second house Taurus for? Your second house eight? Libra. Because you're rising. Oh, right. I'm thinking second house is Taurus. Oh my God. I'm a second house Libra. Sorry. God, I got myself. Like I have your chart memorized. So I'm yeah, like, no. You're, you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. Sorry. Yeah. You have, well, and so you have an eighth house in Aries. However, you have energy. If you look at it from the Placidus system, you have energy in Taurus in the eighth house. So I think that's what you're thinking of. That's what I was thinking of. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. And it, it just means that that's a big part of your chart, like that money energy. And even you can see that reflected through just your astrology too. Like we've talked about, right. is that for you learning to receive because your North node is in Libra also. So learning to receive and learning to work with others when it comes to finances and that sort of thing is a, is a big energy for you. Yeah. So it's really cool. Like, you know, we're not going to go into numerology more than that, but it's yeah. kind of cool to see how the interplay of numerology and astrology, for example, plays out too. That's really interesting. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And then human design, I'm a manifesting generator. Again, no one's ever guessed that wrong because <laughs> I'm such a manifesting generator. Um, I'm a manifesting generator with a sacral authority. 
I'm a four six uh, profile, mm-hmm. and I'm a right angle uh, cross of service for my incarnation cross. Cool. Okay. So what what is the part of your chart, of your human design chart, that you find like the most important? Is there a part? Well, you really like you really like to talk about profiles, right? So like why why yeah. do you, why do you love profiles? What is it about that? Because I find them really interesting too. Yeah, I love profile because I often find that our profile is our processing style um, on top of being our life path. So when I talk to people about profile, they're often like, yes, that's exactly how I process, right? Like if you're a four, six, you tend to be really fast and everything is just going really quickly through your head because it's sort of more like you're checking in like, oh yeah, I know that. Oh yeah, I know that. Oh yeah, I know that. You know, even if it's new information, it's more like, it's wisdom that you already have inside of you and that you just are remembering in this lifetime versus like a one, three takes a little bit longer to process all of that. And there's no good or bad here. It's just that the one, three is a little, it's a little bit longer because they're the lifelong student and they have that one line of constantly learning more, constantly taking in more. So they have sort of this slower processing style. So when you're working with a one, three, it's important to really give them that space versus if I'm working with like a four, six, I know that I can just move rapidly fast the way that I do and that they actually kind of get bored if you don't. So, um, yeah, so I love, 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 um, profile. I think also for me personally, my profile in human design more than anything else in my human design was so validating for me. Like it was really validating to find out that I was a manifesting generator, that I had a sacral authority, that I was, you know, a non-specific manifester, which is another one of my favorite parts of the body graph. Um, but really just that I am a four six because I have been through some shit and I have really been through it in my, in my very early years of life. And, and it was sort of the modality in the system that really helped me make peace with that and really make peace with, I'm no longer in that phase, but I can have gratitude for that phase because without it, I wouldn't have the platform that I do now. And I wouldn't be able to speak about the things that I do now from a place of not only knowing it and be, and being a guide for it and being able to teach it, but also having the lived experience and also being able to connect with people. Um, and same thing with, you know, my four line is that I've always been a people person always, and it's never been an issue for me. It's always something that has just come supernaturally for me. So to learn that was really freeing and really validating too, because it was like, oh yeah, like that makes perfect sense. Like I'm the opportunist role model, you know, like I'm like the charismatic leader. Like that is always how I, in my highest self have felt. And so I feel like profile more than anything else helps us really align with what am I here to do and who am I here to be? Yeah, I agree. When I learned my profile, which is two, four, I felt so seen because I am like the hermit energy is really something that I've for a long time I thought was bad in me. Like, Oh, right. I don't want to be around people. I, like sometimes I just need to be alone. And that's something that sometimes is kind of, I don't, I don't know, frowned upon is not exactly the right word, but I'll go with that. Like frowned upon in the sense it's like, yeah. Oh, go out, be with people. And as a kid, I would get that a lot. And I'd be like, no, I really just want to be alone. 
And then, you know, the floor comes in and I'm like, I want to be with people. I want to learn. I want to, I want to socialize, but I really need to have that balance. And so when I learned that, I was like, Oh, okay. I can breathe. Like it's, it's true. It's right. What I've been doing is right. And then even with relating to other people, when I find out their profiles, especially one three, because I have a lot of one threes in my life. And so super differently. And so realizing, okay, they're a one three. I just need to let them be slower instead of going, okay, come on, come on. No way. (laughs) Right. And that's, and again, like there's no good or bad. That's the beauty of their process. Exactly. Really take it in and really take their time with it. And they're super intentional with it. Whereas for us, like we were having this conversation, like we, we just kind of live with intentionality and it's in our quickness that we're intentional, right? It's in our not deliberating or our not spending too much time thinking about one certain thing that we are intentional because that's how our energy flows. That's how our energy works. You know, it was also, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the other thing for me that was really huge was the two is like, you know, you already, you don't need to learn things in the same way as other people like you right. just need to appreciate that you already know things innately and that yeah. was such a huge thing for me because I was always really good at school because I felt like I needed to be but I always also was like oh, I already know this like just let me go do what I want to do so that was yeah same yeah <laughs> same, same yeah exactly and yeah and learning all of it just like helped me have so much peace with that just like you're saying like so much peace with the fact that I do love learning, but for me, whenever I learn, it's always sort of in a place of, oh, I already know this, or this is validating something or a thought that I already had, right? And right. it's just like, oh yeah, other people have thought this, or oh yeah, this is already a proven system, you know? <laughs> exactly. No, that's exactly what it is for me too. Like, okay, confirmation. There we go. Now I can move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think being a man gen too, and, and I'm sure you feel this way, is that we have to talk things out. So much. So yeah, I was talking to my hairstylist about this yesterday because she's a man gen and she was <laughs> cracking up because it's so true. Like one thing that really bothers me when I see other human design readers is that they lump together generators and manifesting generators. Yes, that bothers me so much. Oh, uh, because, okay, like here's, where, here's why it's so annoying because manifesting generators are literally here to be like their own individual people and like not be boxed in. So to literally be lumped in with generators and not be separated in our uniqueness is literally what like pisses us off. So it's what it's supposed to be. Like Yes, exactly, exactly. So I just, like it's so funny when I see that because I'm like you're just pissing off all the manifesting generators like we want to be seen in our like unique you can't put me in a box way you know but um yeah but you know for us it's really important to understand that we're hybrids right Mm -hmm. and we're not just generators but we also have manifesting energy and so because of that we absolutely have to inform we absolutely have to inform it's integral to our process And it just breaks my heart when I see other readers talk about, you know, just responding. I'm like, no, because as an MG, you have to be informing and responding. And that's why we're such chatty Cathy's. Like, that's why we, we talk things out so much because it's literally just us checking in with our centers Mm -hmm. and checking in with our authority when we speak out loud, when we use our voice, right? Because we do have that. Um, the voice center, the throat center, um, 
it's for us to check in like, oh yes, like that is right for me or, oh no, that's not right for me. You know? So if you have friends who are projectors, you have to tell them and be like, okay, like, I don't want your advice. I just need to talk this through or, okay, yes, today I do want your advice. Like you have the invitation, please give it to me as I talk this through, you know? Yeah. Both my parents are projectors. So I, sometimes they're just like immediately onto the advice and I'm like, please, I just want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's so important for the manifesting generator to just, whether they're a projector or not, just be super clear. Like, yeah. no, this is just something I really need to talk about out loud and hear myself talk about to check in if it's right for me. Makes sense. I have a question that just jumped into my mind talking about this. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about my family because it's funny, three, there's five of us, three of them are projectors and then myself and my older brother are, are MGs. So that's kind of funny that we're all like those two groups. But my younger brother is a 2-4 projector. So we have the same profile, but I'm, a, I'm an MG, he's a projector. So is there a difference in how we would see, I mean, this is a specific example, but even in general, like how we would see the 2-4 or a profile play out depending on your energy type? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, like if you're a manifesting generator um, or a manifester, like you're just automatically going to move a little bit faster. That manifesting energy is very quick um, versus projectors tend to take a little bit more time. But like I have a projector client who is a four, six and she's, she's quick, like she's fast. Um, And I think it's because she does all of her processing like outside of the session because she always comes in knowing exactly what she wants to talk about or exactly what she wants to work on. So I think there is a difference there. Um, And more so there's just a difference in the aura. So more so there's a difference in projectors are here to penetrate and manifesting generators and generators are here to um, expand and to envelop you know, so it's, it's sort of different in that way because projectors can be a little bit more focused versus, you know, if you're a manifesting generator, you're, you might be a little all over the place, like a mad genius, but that is your genius. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes total sense. I can totally see that, how that plays out in our relationship dynamic as well. Cause yeah, we have a lot of similarities, but then that, that aura, yeah, I can see the difference in that. That's interesting. Yeah. And just because we're saying this before we move on, just I think it's interesting um, because you went through all of your signs. I don't think Mary and I have talked about this about ours ourselves. So no, oh, yeah, because I've been like asking questions about myself as well. Just really quickly, yeah. I'm a two four MG sacral authority as well um, in human design and astrology. I'm a Virgo Sun ascendant Aries Moon Libra North Node. Libra in the second house, like we already cleared up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Taurus. <laughs> not Taurus. So many other things, but I'll just leave it at that. Just because that's probably helpful to say with some of the questions I was asking you. Um, I have one other question about human design before we move on a little bit. For people who learn their human design and their energy type, and they're like, that doesn't make sense to me at all. Obviously, of course, there's some point where they're not in alignment with their energy. Mm-hmm. But so for this is a question that I'm asking because this is how I experienced it. When I first yeah. found out I was an MG, I was like, what? I was like, that doesn't make any sense at all. And, and I definitely was not fully in my, on my path. But when I first heard of human design before I ran my chart, I truly thought I was a reflector. Mm. Um, 
And then I found out like quite a while later that my unconscious design is a reflector. reflector. Yeah. So how important do you, would you say like that unconscious versus personality is obviously the personality is more important because that's what we're here to embody in this life. But how important would you say the other is as well to know, is it important to know, or does it just, if it comes up, that's good or. Yeah. I mean, honestly, so I've never done a reading with someone where they were like, that does not resonate. It's always the complete opposite where they're like, holy shit, how do you know my life? Yeah. Um, but if I were to do one where they're like, oh yeah, maybe then I would run the unconscious design and see what's going on there. Um, I think again, it's, it's just a matter of validation, right? Like that's what all of this is. That's what astrology does too, is it's literally just validation of like, you're on the right path, you know, you're aligned and you can trust in your impulses. You can trust in how you naturally and innately feel that that is, you know, the energy that's right for you. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Definitely. So what about, are there any traits that you see in your clients? Um, because you work with, well, should have said this at the beginning, but Catherine's an activation and ascension guide, and she works with some really magical, magical souls. And so do you see commonalities, any traits that like are similar between astrological, astrological or human design charts with the people you work with? Yeah. I mean, I think it's less about them being like old souls and empaths and more about them being my specific clients because like my clients would look different than your clients. Right. You know, or we might have some crossover, but, um, but it's like what I teach in my conscious business coaching is, you know, the astrology for business and that sort of thing and who your clients would be, um, or same thing like human design for business and who your clients would be. Um, I find with me that I have a lot of one lines Okay. I have a lot of fives and I have a lot of sixes. Um, so the most common that I see are the one threes and the five ones. Those tend to be the majority of my clients. But I have one client who I really connect to and she's a five two and she's my only five two. She's a very rare bird um, in my client base. I have a lot of reflectors. Very cool. That's rare. Yeah. Yeah. I love reflectors. Oh, my little earth angels. I love them so much. Um, yeah. I have a lot of reflectors come to me or be referred to me by friends. And I think, and they always tell me too, they're always like, it's because you are so comfortable in your own energy that when they're around me, like they don't feel any um, blocks or anything, you know, because like I've worked through all of that. Yeah. So um, I love reflectors. Um, I get a lot of projectors, which is funny because like I said, I'm a manifesting generator and um, my mom is actually a projector and my best friend is a projector. So I do know that energy well. So I get a lot of projectors, um, especially in conscious business coaching, because they are the ones who are like burnt out by doing it the old paradigm way. Yeah. So true. Yeah. And looking to do it the new paradigm way. Um, so a lot of reflect or excuse me, projectors. Um, and then a lot of times in my more personal, um, activation ascension sessions, coachings, I get a lot of MGs. So I do really? meet a lot of manifesting generators like me. Yeah. Cause they really just resonate with, I want to learn it all. I want to do it all. You know, same thing with having those one lines. They really want to learn. 
Um, I don't find myself working with a lot of like three fives um, just because they're out doing the thing, right. you know, they're not, yeah, they're not in classes. That's not how they're learning this lifetime. So I don't find a ton of those. Um, astrologically, all my clients across the board have strong Gemini and or cancer energy. And that's because Gemini is my 12th house and cancer is my rising. So, um, a lot of them have the sort of like Gemini cancer wounding, quote unquote. Um, and then that's, you know, what I've worked through. So that's what I know I can help them with. Um, a lot of them tend to have some Scorpio influence and some kind of Pisces influence too, I find, which makes sense because those are the signs that want to go deeper and really want to explore the soul realms and stuff like the water signs, Cancer, Pisces, Scorpio. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think I have a few Sagittarius. I love Sagittarius energy. Um, so I've got a few of those, but yeah, everyone's kind of across the board sun sign wise, but everyone does have strong Cancer Gemini energy somewhere um, in their chart. Yeah, for sure. What about, do you see anything with old souls empaths in particular, or is it just hard to say? <laughs> um, it's kind of general, but a lot of, I will say a lot of like misunderstood old soul empaths tend to be either fives or sixes in human design. Yeah. Um, it's not always, I mean, like Mary, for instance, our star sister, she's a one three and she's obviously a very old soul. Um, but yeah, I do tend to find a lot of fives and sixes in my, in my own personal old soul empaths, um, just because they haven't known yet leading up to the, the time of the session, how to deal with that, you know, right. and that's what they're coming to me for is how to process their story and how to get through the slings and arrows of life, you know, and come out the other side, being able to guide people. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to get into a bit about 2020, but first off, I forgot to ask you this at the beginning, but I think this will be really interesting for everyone listening. How did you get started in astrology, studying astrology and human design? Because yeah, it's so, been a part of your life for a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah. It's been a part of my life, like pretty much for my whole life for astrology. Um, I've done astrology literally as far back as I can remember. <laughs> wow. Um, there were two things I was always doing as a child and that was singing and astrology. <laughs> and, um, I was always singing and I was always reading people's astrology. So, um, I love astrology, like astrology and I are like in a deep love affair with each other. Human design is kind of like the new girl on the block. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but astrology and I are in a very committed relationship together. Um, as you can see evidence, when you look at my chart, you're like, oh yes, like she was born to be an astrologer. I mean, midheaven in Pisces, like that alone, but then yeah, there you go. <laughs> Mercury in Pisces, Mars in Pisces, like it was, it was always there. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love astrology and I've been studying it since I was like seven years old. Basically, since I could read, <laughs> I've been into astrology and it started out as, you know, sun signs and zodiac signs, quote unquote, and stuff, star signs, um, and reading people's sun sign. 
And then it evolved um, in high school to sort of like moon and rising. And then, and it was always to like, oh, like so-and-so is supposed to be with so-and-so because <laughs> they're an Aries and they're a Sagittarius or, you know, that sort of thing. So it was like, of course, like, I think that's how most people get into astrology is through the lens of love. Like I find that across the board, a lot of astrologers have gotten into astrology because they had like a crush or something and they wanted to find out like who um, was good with who. And then in college, I got a little bit deeper and then after college, I went really, really, really deep. And that was during like the beginning of my whole twin flame experience and mm -hmm. stuff. And um, just was really getting back in touch with my soul and no longer feeling ashamed for liking astrology. So yeah, so that was my, my love affair with astrology or is my love affair with astrology. And then human design, I've been doing human design now for um, like a year and a half. Okay. Um, officially. Yeah. I've been studying it, I guess, for like two years, but um, I've been like reading for people for a year and a half. And um, human design is actually really funny. So I was working as a stylist at anthropology and this woman was buying something and it was astrology related. And so I said, oh, I'm a professional astrologer. Um, how cool, you know? And she goes, oh my gosh, have you ever studied human design? And I was like, no, what's that? And she's like, oh my gosh, if you love astrology, you're going to love human design. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Give me the link. So I checked it out after work and I immediately had a reaction of like, oh, fuck no. Like <laughs> it was so funny because I love it now, but I immediately, cause it was like, it's such like an alien language when you first get into it, it is. and God, God bless people like Jenna Zoe who are modernizing it because like, it is such like this antiquated language, the way it was channeled. So I was like projector, like it's, it's such a turnoff, you know, at first. And so I was like, what is this like alien, like, you know, weirdo thing? I saw the body graph and I was like, is this a cult? Like, what is this? And I just got scared. And so I didn't return to it. And then I was listening to a podcast months later and it was, it was Jenna Zoe um, who is a projector and just is this like amazing living her best projector life. I bought a video of hers recently because I'm learning um, the senses and yeah. the like digestion and that kind of thing right now. I bought a video of hers that was like literally five minutes for 15 bucks. And I was like, anybody else I would be upset that <laughs> I paid $15 for like a less than five minute video, but Jenna Zoe is living her best projector life. So I'm happy to support her. Seriously, um, there, I'm saying yeah. though, like I've gotten the same video and I was like, okay, fine, it's Jenna Zoe. It's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? More power to you, Miss Projector. Like Seriously. that is awesome. She's got like passive income on lock, but yeah, so I was listening to a podcast, I think it was Lacey Phillips, and I was listening to um, the Expanded podcast, and Jenna Zoe came on, and she was talking about human design, and I was like, whoa, that's that alien language that I was totally turned off by, but this sounds really cool, and yeah. it sounds like it pairs really well with astrology, because astrology is actually a part of it, and um, I started looking into it more, and I started... Um, like reading her stuff and a few other people's stuff who are modernizing it. 
And I just totally became obsessed. Like I fell so deeply in love with human design. I mean, I could you not, I spent like hours and hours and hours a night watching videos and learning. And as I was learning the system, I felt like I was relearning. Like, again, it, it felt like that feeling, but it was even deeper. And Mary and I have talked about this, but we actually think that we like maybe helped create it or something, or even just worked with it in past yeah. lives because That's something Mary and I channeled like way at the very beginning that yes. human design came from like, I don't want to say from us, but like from something that like some of us, I don't know if it was all of us, but some of us sisters were doing with, we got yes. like with the fairies and other, other um, yeah. energy beings. Totally. Yeah. And that's, I think that was part of the reason too, that the very first time that I saw it, I was turned off because it, the word that comes to mind is like industrial, like it become more industrial than it was intended to be. And then like the Genozoes of the world are making it more what it actually is, right? Which is the super helpful, useful system that's uplifting and, and everything. And so, yeah. And it was so funny that Mary feels that way. Cause I channeled that before, like all of us connected. Like I was saying that, I mean, I feel the same way about astrology too. I've always been self-taught. I've never taken classes. People are always like, how did you study this? I'm like, there's so many free resources on the internet. And I've done so much self-study since I was like, you know, seven years old um, on astrology. And then in the last two years for human design, that it's like, I, I just love these systems so much and feel so deeply connected to them. I really do think that either like I had a hand in creating them or, you know, just that I have worked with them over and over and over again, because every single time I go into a session with a client, it like, it's so channeled to me. It just like comes out of me where to look in the chart and like what to check out. And more so than I think um, other astrologers or other human design readers come across according to like what I've spoken to them about. Yeah. Well, for you, one, it feels like so effortless, like the way you, you come across with the information. That's how I've always, how I've been perceiving it. And also like, especially with astrology to me it resonates super deeply that you like were part of creating it like it just yeah. seems like astrology and you are so intertwined it's you're one in the same <laughs> seriously like you're one in the same and actually this is a great place to ask this before we go into the astrology of like the rest of the year yeah how do you feel because I don't know I feel astrology and human design like they're connected to all of the chakras but they feel so heart as well to me and like you're the yeah. heart they um, are how do you like how would you describe the relationship with that like how do you see it yeah I mean again it's it's coming back to your own authenticity you know and it's coming back to your own self-love for who you are mm -hmm. and that's really what I use them for is self-love tools right of like I said just that that healthy validation of oh this is really who I am and so I can trust in that and I can go after that you know, and yeah, I feel they're very connected to the heart too. And sometimes I even see them or I'll see the body graph or I'll see the natal chart, like in the heart, you know, yeah. because, because it is your soul blueprint and your heart is what holds the soul crystal. And so, yeah, I, I think about that often too. And that's such a great question. And I just think 
that they really connect to the heart because it really just is about that self-love and that self-exploration and self-rediscovery. Yeah, it is. That's beautiful. It, exactly. And for everyone who's listening, seriously, like Catherine, you're so good at explaining all of this in such a way that it's like, I mean, for me personally, like I said in the beginning, it's just every time you explain something to me, I feel so much more in my worth because I see truly how it connects now. And I'm like, okay, all right. This makes me feel good about everything as opposed to going, okay, is this really? That's me? Like, you know, like there's not like a, oh God, that sucks. You know, there's not any of that kind of energy you're feeling about it, which is huge. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I think a lot, I mean, I think that astrology gets a bad rep for being negative sometimes. And I just, I laugh when I see that because it's just energy and energy is neutral, you know, and you do with energy what you will. So it's really just like for the individual person, the vibration that they're going to express that energy, you know, is it going to be the high vibrational expression of it or the low vibrational expression of it? And I think that a lot of astrologers, and I'm not putting down other astrologers by saying this, it's just something that I see often is some astrologers can just be very fear-based, you know, and it's just like, that's, yeah. And that's the energy. Same thing with like tarot, which I also do. It's like, a lot of tarot readers tend to be very fear-based and it's like, that just is right. And it's just like, that's so unnecessary. And there's a difference between facing shadows, dealing with harder things, um, you know, transmuting energy and living in fear. Exactly. Like with tarot, for example, I don't read tarot, though it's something I do want to, I do want to, um, pick up. I know that I will eventually, but, um, I, I love to watch tarot readers on YouTube because there's a lot of like really great tarot, mm-hmm. um, tarot readers on there, but there are only like maybe one or two that I'll actually watch because the rest of them, I, you know, I'll try out different channels every now and then. And it almost always comes up with something fear-based and I'm just click yeah. out immediately, exit immediately. If there's anything fear-based, it ruins the message for me completely um, because I don't think that's, good that's just just putting yourself in that energy and that vibration and so that's not healthy even if there is a shadow there right not putting yourself there is is not yeah yeah or people see something like you know pisces in the second house and they go oh you're gonna be poor your whole life it's like what no why would you put that in that someone's mind why would you say that to someone and like that's not even what that means like does not equal poor like there's a reason that pisces is associated with being poor but that's because in our current paradigm we don't value the things that pisces values so pisces then just has to articulate that in such a way that they can make money you know like that's all it is and so it just you know it's the whole idea of like the starving artist it's like well you don't have to be starving you know you can thrive as an artist yeah off of it just i'm an artist Yeah. Or someone sees, you know, Scorpio in the second house and they're like, oh, this person lies and cheats about their money. It's like, well, not necessarily. Like maybe they just have shadows around deception Mm -hmm. or maybe they have shadows around things that they've done in the past that they're not very proud of. But like, you don't have to stay in that energy. It's not a life sentence. And like I said, you're always transiting. You're always progressing. Like, 
the energy is always shifting and changing and moving. So it's not, yeah, it's not a life sentence of like, this is how your entire life is going to go. It's, yeah. it's more so like, okay, how are we working with this energy and how can we express it in its highest expression? And that's also, you know, when, so one of the things I get from people sometimes about astrology and human design is, okay, but if someone was born at the exact same time as me in the exact same place and we have the exact same chart, but yes, that's true. But your energy, the way that you express it is going to be different because even if you have the same blueprint, you have a different soul, you have a different energetic expression. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it'll probably be really similar. Like I would be shocked if it wasn't like that would be a really big shock if they were completely different. That's just not going to happen to be honest. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like one person, you know, say like, I mean, I see this all the time, like people who have a Pisces midheaven, for instance, don't all do what I do. Right. But it doesn't, yeah, you have different choices or, you know, also too, like there's options. So I always say my joke and I'm not putting down sex workers by saying this, I respect sex workers, but I always say like, I could be a porn star. Like that's in my chart is that I could be a very successful, like adult, you know, entertainer, but like, is that, is that my life purpose in this lifetime? No. Right. And maybe that's somebody else's who has a very similar chart to me, but that's not what I'm here to do in this lifetime. And so I'm pursuing something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you have options, you know, you don't have to just be like the one thing. And it's not, it's not, I always want to say to people, you know, astrology and human design don't box you in. They free you. They do. That's, if you, if yeah. you're like having them explain to you correctly, then that's what they should do. If, if you're feeling boxed in, then that is like, that's telling you, okay, go find someone else or go find another um, resource to help you make sense of all this because you shouldn't feel boxed in. Exactly. Exactly. Hey guys, this is Shannon. I'm just popping in with an offer from my website, healingintuitively.com. I just launched my first quantum healing and Akashic Records reading course all about how to heal yourself quantumly, exactly how I have healed myself from Lyme and chronic illness. It is called Healing Inside Out and I'm so excited to share it with you. If you purchase the course and send me a screenshot of the purchase confirmation, I am offering free Akashic Soul Medicine sessions, recordings with every purchase of the course. So if you send me a screenshot that you purchased the course, either to my email, shannon at healingintuitively.com or to my Instagram at healingintuitively, I will send you a free soul medicine Akashic session. So can't wait to work with you. Hello loves, this is Mary. I wanted to take this moment to thank you for being here and for listening to this episode. As always, I am here for you should you be interested in diving into the cosmos of your unique human design. One of the things I absolutely love about human design readings is looking at your chart while being in the records and connected with the Council of the Pinnacle. The experience is just so powerful and it truly allows you to see yourself. And I am offering discounted prices for all of you. So if you feel called to book a session with me online, Let me know that you came here from the podcast. I can't wait to connect. So let's dive into um, just however 
deeply you want to go into it, just a little bit of what we're going to see in the last, what, three and a half months of 2020. I can't believe it's that. Oh, yeah, I know. That little <laughs> amount of time. Oh, my God. I looked, at, I looked at the calendar yesterday. I was like, how is it the middle of September? When did that happen? <laughs> like, it was just the beginning of September. Like, what the heck? I know. It's really, it's kind of scary. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I'm excited to get to the end of 2020 because it's been so prophesied yes. for like thousands of years by like all kinds of different modalities and people and cultures. So it should be super interesting. But yeah, and astrology okay. is definitely, I mean, all of 2020, like, you know, I was telling you this, but I would crack up because I would listen to podcasts where they would ask the astrologer who was on like, oh, so what do we have to look forward to in 2020? You're like, what are some of the highlights of 2020? And the astrologer would just laugh and I would laugh with them because we knew what was coming and we were trying to prepare people for it. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, I don't know if 2020 is like a highlight year so much as it is like a catalyst, you know, and it is like a game changer year. Um, yeah. With these really difficult things that are then opportunities for us to show up more in our worth, right? To align even further, to let go of what doesn't serve us. Um, and we need that purging. We need that cleansing right now. You know, we need those shadows coming to light, honestly, which is what a lot of 2020 is all about, is these shadows being exposed and coming to light and people waking up to um, their soul selves and to their true realities. So yeah, it was cracking me up. I think it was Chani Nicholas and she, she just started laughing. Like she didn't even answer the question. She was like, oh, you'll see. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I listened to a lot of like astrology in 2020, like what's going to happen before the year happened. And um, or at the beginning of the year. And I think a lot of astrologers were trying to like yeah, trying to like warn, but not make people scared. So I really like did not, did yeah. not fully comprehend what was coming. Like, <laughs> and so now I look back and I'm laughing. Were like, we were like buckling in our seatbelts. Like we were like, we were like riding a puppy ride. We were like, okay, I got my, like, I got my, my backup pack. I got, you know, my life preserver. Like I'm ready to go. And like everybody else was in la la land. Like, <laughs> And we're like, you guys, listen to us. Like, please. Oh I mean, I've been, I've been trying to prepare people ever since it really popped off too, which was literally just like one of the conjunctions that happened in January. And like, so ever since then, I've been trying to prepare people like, hey, this is not the end of this. Hey, like, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Like, we have another 30 years to go until things have like radically changed. But within the next five to seven, it's going to be the biggest change of all. So it's like, buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not changing anytime soon. Like it's not calming yeah. down. I mean, like 2021 will calm down a little bit, right? Like that's what I keep on hearing. No, it's not it, going to. You know what? It's not the catalyst that 2020 is, but it heralds in a brand new energy. Okay. Um, will, will it feel yeah. better? Like it, it's going to be like a little more supportive or not really. <laughs> It'll be revolutionary. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Honestly, with what we're going my, through. <laughs> my Johnny moment of being like, ah. no, I mean, it'll, 
it'll be revolutionary is what I can say. Yeah. Um, I try not to look too, too far ahead, but then of course, because times are the way that they are, I, I have peaked in and yeah, it's, you know, we're getting Aquarius energy. And so when we had Saturn and Aquarius this year, we had the riots and we had protests and we had Black Lives Matter and um, that we're going to see more of that. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That's like not at all anywhere near gone like or finished. No. There's still so mm-hmm. much, so yeah. much corruption and so many levels of, ev- of everything like needs to be dredged up. Yeah. I mean, if I've said it once, I've said it again. Like, I would not be surprised if either the U.S. totally crumbles and rebuilds itself or if we at least get a new constitution. Um, I mean, like, even just our election is going to be completely unprecedented. Like, I've just, I've just, like I said, I've just been trying to prepare people. And it's still, you know, we talk about this as people who have access to the records, unlike a lot of other people mm-hmm. and also can like see into the future and see the past and everything. And it's like remembering and, you know, honestly, the future is not finite right now. Like it's all yeah. the different timelines from our three-dimensional perspective. So the timeline that we're establishing, like we're having new timelines come in all the freaking time. Right. And that's from people's individual decisions. Um, yeah. And I, I was going to say that I think that's why 2020 has felt so exhausting because we're, I feel like we're constantly right. jumping timelines as we yes. have been personally and collectively making different decisions. Yes. And that's exactly what it is. And that's even what like looking at the astrology helps us with or getting in tune with your own astrology, your own human design helps you with is navigate all of this because the old way is crumbling and it's crumbling fast. Fast, fast, fast. Yeah. Like the new paradigm of human design is coming in 2027 and we're already in the phase of shifting all of that. And same for astrology, like 2022, 2024, 2027, 2023, 2030. Those are all big, big, big years in astrology. Um, so like I said, 2021 is kind of like a, I see it as a bridging year, um, from 2020 to 2022, um, especially in the U S like the U S is just feeling everything the most because we're going also through our own death through this process. Um, with our Pluto return, which we've never had before because it's our first Pluto return. So it's our first time experiencing this as a young country. And I don't think at all that it's a coincidence that that is coinciding with the age of Aquarius and with everything changing globally. Well, it makes sense. I mean, because the U.S. is kind of seen as that kind con- as like the new country it was, it, you know, it's, it was branded, and I don't really think this is true anymore right now in our paradigm, but it's been branded forever as the, the land of opportunities, you know, the American dream, mm-hmm. all of that. And so we're seeing where that isn't true and where those things mm-hmm. are coming because it's not, that's not what it is anymore. Yeah. But, and you know, what's so interesting is it's in the U.S.'s birth chart, all of that, that like, it's kind of a facade, yeah. the idea of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all people um, it's really interesting how the U.S. actually has that baked into its birth chart. 
so um, that it's like these patriarchal capitalistic structures, but like covered by the veil of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, and then, yeah, oh, go so ahead. I was just to say, if you go, if you like actually un- like look at American history, which I don't think our school systems do a good job of showing us because the government, the, the, the patriarchy, the ca- like capitalism, it doesn't benefit from us really understanding our history, like it deeply in depth. Right. Um, but if you actually look at it, like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, like that's such BS, like that there's yeah. very few people in any part of the history of, of the U S that have ever actually had that. Um, it right. is. And so you can see the facade, even if you don't know anything about astrology or anything like that, even if that doesn't interest you from the very like most basic part, just in, just like intellectually, historically, it's right there. It's plain yeah. as day. If you yeah, actually it's, look. it's crazy when you look at the chart of the U S because it's just so on point for what's happened, you know, like it just is so crazily accurate and expresses our energy so well. And that's that we, we hold that ideal like we want to get there as a country, you know, we, we want to actually be living life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but there's all these like darker shadows specifically with patriarchal capitalistic control that are holding us back from that true destiny. Um, and same thing I was going to say, you know, in the U S the moon is an Aquarius. And I really think that that's worth noting because you know, people always ask like, what can I do? And I'm like, listen, you have the power. The government does not exist without you. Like you elect the officials. Like we are the taxpayers who are like paying the government. And so, you know, understanding that and not feeling like a victim in these circumstances, but feeling empowered and like, oh, I have all the power, you know, is what's going to shift this and what's actually going to get us to the place of actually living in life liberty and the pursuit of happiness for all people and equity for all people versus um it just being an ideal or something that only certain people are privy to in our um current society because the moon in a in a um country's chart is the people and you know is the emotion of the people so the people do have the power I really am curious to see what happens with all this astrology in the next few years. And um, in the U.S., everywhere in the world, but the U.S. is really where it feels like it's going to really be heavy hit. Um, and so for us, for as the U.S., for our, our political parties, because, you know, that was also never supposed to be part of the country. Like the founding mm-hmm. fathers like argued against political parties so much and so I'm really curious because I think that's where a lot of people feel powerless is they're like okay well if I vote against against a a political party like I have to vote for one or the other otherwise like my vote is like right now your vote really isn't useful if you're not voting for a political party so I'm curious to see how that changes too because like that takes away liberty right there (laughs) like our presidential elections are really not that fair the the two candidates like that doesn't that's like unheard of in a lot of other countries to only have two people that get there. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I, I sit with my popcorn. <laughs> You're like, and I'm just watching it all. I mean, it's fun being an astrologer because you always know what's going on. So it's like, yeah, I just, whenever anyone's like, what is happening? I'm like, well, you know, 
<laughs> Mar Mars went retrograde, so we're all feeling this right now, or you know what I mean? Honestly, like I haven't felt the Mars retrograde personally that much. Like that surprises me because you're a moon in Aries. I wonder if it'll just like hit you one day. <laughs> it might, because like I don't know. I haven't felt because isn't it like you know feeling a little bit slow and and unmotivated to get things done? Like that's how I've been seeing it described as Mars. Not so much that as it is just like it's it's always so it's always the opposite of the energy so it's the right. energy if the energy you, right? is like outward aggression yeah outward aggression outward passion outward forward movement okay, then yeah. it's sort of like the suppression of that so it's the energy of feeling like you have all of that building up inside of you but then it's like being held down almost so that's why people sort of are feeling that energy, like, I don't really want to do anything. I don't feel motivated um, because they're not feeling like external pressure of it anymore. It's just like that internal stuff, but it's actually what's causing like a lot of anxiety in people because they're like, I feel like I should be doing something, but I don't feel motivated to do something and I don't want to do anything. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of more of that. Like, again, it's like a little bit more nuanced. I think people simplify it just to be able to break it down to the collective so they can kind of like be in the know of what's going on um but yeah it's really checking in with like conflict resolution um checking in with like what am i passionate about what do i want to go after what do i want to put my energy towards um versus just feeling like totally lethargic like it's not necessarily that you feel lethargic it's just that you're getting more intentional with like what do I use my energy for? And so that when it comes back and it goes direct, um, you're like fully primed and ready to go after that thing with that energy propelling you forward. Okay, I guess I am feeling that a little bit. When you put it that way, I see that. Yeah. Um, so what are we gonna see like end of, end of September, October, November, December? Oh gosh, okay, let me get out my list. <laughs> <laughs> For those listening, Shannon asked me this at the beginning and I was like, okay, wait, give me a second. I got to write it down because there's so much. Um, okay. So there's more than just these, but some of the notable things are this Mars retrograde. Mm -hmm. So the reason we're focused so much on Mars is because Mars is never in a sign this long. Like it's super, super, super rare that Mars would be in a sign this long. Um, it's even more rare that Mars is in Aries, which is its home sign this long. And when Mars is in Aries, that's usually like, I mean, again, I don't say this to scare people. I say it to prepare them, but that's usually when like fires happen, um, when we have um, war or conflict, because um, it's just that really like, it's like in its home sign and it's like, let's go, let's go, let's go, you know? So um the aggression can be more, the frustration can be more. Um, like I said, right now with retrograde, it's more so like an internal thing than it is an external thing. Um, <clears throat> but almost every single time Mars goes into Aries, we do have fires um, and we do see mother nature get hot, you know? Um, so this is a, again, this is an unprecedented year and this is um, a very, very, very rare occurrence that Mars would be in Aries this long. It's going to be there until like January. <laughs> so yeah, so it'll be retrograde until November 13th, um, which again, like just paying attention for the U.S. election, like, mm -hmm. you know, that's right after. And then we have Mars go direct. 
um, and then it's direct until January when it changes signs. Wow. Yeah, and then November 12th, we have the third Pluto-Jupiter conjunction. So like I said, astrologers have been preparing for 2020 for a long, long, long time now. In every astrology book, you know, there were entire chapters devoted to just like the moons of 2020 because it's just such an unprecedented energy that we don't normally see. Um, So we have our third um, and final conjunction of Pluto and Jupiter, and that happens November 12th. So again, U.S. election, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like very close. Um, And this is really, this is in Capricorn. And when we have the Pluto-Jupiter conjunction, so Jupiter just went direct in Capricorn. Jupiter is really uncomfortable in Capricorn. Um, Jupiter is naturally at home in Sagittarius. So when it's in Capricorn, it's the complete opposite energy. Like it just does not feel good because Jupiter is all about expansion and growth and um, you know, blessings and surprises and that sort of thing. And Capricorn is all about restriction. Um, so when you have the planet of expansion in the sign of restriction, what it's expanding is the restriction. Yeah. So, wow. so, I mean, it's also expanding other things too. I don't want to be like all doom and gloom, but looking at it from the point of view of how it affects us globally and collectively, not just individually, um, a lot of it is expanding and exposing um, the patriarchy <laughs> and capitalism, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, which has been the theme of this year with so many planets in Capricorn mm-hmm. and Pluto in Capricorn, specifically heralding in the death of Capricorn and the death of the patriarchy and the death of this patriarchal paradigm. Yay for that. Like- <laughs> yes, yes. But, um, but yeah, so we have that on November 12th. So I would not be surprised if like some secrets came out or something happened after the election um, that makes people go, whoa. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So then um, on Halloween, we have a full moon in Taurus um, and that's a pretty notable moon. Um, I didn't write down everything to go over with it, just to know that it's a notable moon and it is in Taurus. And um, I find that Taurus moons often, at least right now, because Uranus is in Taurus, um, right now, Taurus moons tend to bring in um, new things in terms of like the body and the earth um, and these systems, these traditional systems. So I think that that'll be a big day as well. and that's like right on Halloween too. Yeah, that's gonna be um, really cool. Right on Halloween, yeah. I'm excited um, for that one. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think it'll. I think it'll be good. Um, and then uh, I just wrote October 14th to November. Oh, that's the Mercury retrograde. I was like, what are my scribbles mean? So October 14th to November 3rd, Mercury's retrograde, and then Mercury has a shadow. Um, a little bit before then and a little bit after then. So again, U.S. election. Um, The last time that we had this energy was during the um, Al Gore and George W. Bush election. So it'll be a really interesting election. Yeah. So it'll be a really interesting election. Um, And then we have the Great Conjunction, which is the big 
big, 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 big uh, event of the year. And that is on December 21st. And that is Jupiter and Saturn are going to meet up in Aquarius. So this is heralding in a brand new energy that we have not had for the last 200 years. So none of us in this lifetime have experienced this. And this is heralding in the official, official, official age of Aquarius. So we've been sort of in the playing with the age of Aquarius energy since 2012. And now we're really going into it because Saturn will actually really be in Aquarius and Jupiter is going to be in Aquarius. Um, so this is creating a new cycle of air. We've been in the cycle of Earth for the last 200 years. Um, and the cycle of Earth is all about material possessions, material wealth. Like I said, patriarchy, capitalism, blah, 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 blah. Air is about innovation, new ideas, the people, the collective. Um, it's not a top-down sort of thing. It's a very like collective working together sort of energy. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens moving forward. And it's very exciting to be alive at this time Ooh. to see all of this change happening. Um, that, so that's really, really interesting because, you know, you said 200 years and I'm thinking, well, you know, within the last 200 years, we've had the industrial revolution. We've had all mm -hmm. of this like insane progression. And so then moving into air of, like progress more more progression but in a in a different way like i'm really really excited to see what happens you know how we integrate not that we go backwards but that we take the things that we've learned you know from the industrial revolution this is how i'm like mm -hmm. seeing it right now and put it into more sustainable things because right now i mean yeah, the Industrial Revolution was great because it, it brought us, you know, electricity and running water and all this stuff, but it also put a lot of people in really awful conditions, poverty, yeah. um, all this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, it established, like, the robber baron. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the whole, the whole like, one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be really, really interesting to see um, what comes of this because it's basically, it's exactly like you said, it's, it's building off of all of that and it's expanding on all of that. And so I've been telling my folks who have, you know, that second house in Aquarius specifically, I'm like, get ready for your life to change because you're going to have some major energy in your house of money. And that's been the number one thing that has been so affected um, in the last 200 years. Like money has been the power you know, specifically, like it has been for a long time now, but specifically in the last 200 years, even yeah. more so. Well, because, so, yeah. you know, before 200 years ago, and I'm taking this from like, you know, literature that I've read and such and history that I've studied, mm -hmm. but you could survive more easily without a consistent income. You know, you right. could, it, it, there was much more of a system of like, people will take care of you. You, you know, people took care of each other. There wasn't quite so much of a, oh, you don't, you're not making, you know, a consistent income. Okay. Well, you're on the streets. Like it's not, it wasn't, of course there's some of that, but not, not the same amount. There's more of a barter system, I guess. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. And that part, it, like I said, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think we're going to get more of a universal income. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that actually supports people and sustains people. 
Um, I think we're going to see a lot of innovations when it comes to um, renewable energy resources. I think we're going to see a lot of breakthroughs scientifically that match up completely with what people like you and I have seen in visions yeah. of places like Atlantis, yeah. right? And we're already seeing this. We're already seeing this sort of energy be reinvented, as it were, um, that we remember, right? So I think it'll be super, super interesting. Yeah, exactly. And there's, there's a lot of technology that like already exists or is being conceptualized. And I've had this this discussion with one of my with one of my brothers who's studying this stuff, um, you know, engineering wise, there's already things that have been created, but they're not profitable right now for the companies that control our infrastructure. So they right. don't want to change it, even though it would be better for everyone. Less there would be less money that people yeah. would pay for it. There'd be way less pollution, but it's not profitable. And those are the kind of things that like, yep, that's going to change. That has to change. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, I think that's just going to be exposed. You know, I think more and more people are waking up to that fact and are understanding that, right? Like, um, you know, why are certain politicians so invested in oil? Why are certain politicians so invested in coal? Right. And it's like, like, it's not a coincidence, no. you know, it's, it's a monopoly is what it is. And those, companies are even buying out these renewable resource companies and that's that's public knowledge like that's right there for people to see and people just you know get it. they don't want to see it or they get busy with their own personal lives and, and they forget about that kind of stuff so this is really drawing attention to that and this is really calling that out either through i see it through being you know through documentaries and things like that, that really wake us up to this fact. Like I think of when um, Super Size Me came out, right? And it's like right after that, we had this whole like health revolution, right? Where it's like people are now eating so much healthier. And I really do attribute it to that movie. I really think that culturally that was such a huge landmark. And I think we're gonna have the same thing where someone comes out with this, this documentary or multiple ones that just really expose in this real way what's going on and what's happening and that it's not sustainable it's not renewable and it's not healthy for us and there's a better way forward that's already there but just has been blocked and that's what aquarius like i said that's what aquarius is all about so aquarius is all about moving forward and progress and ingenuity so it'll be interesting like i said i have my popcorn out because these are big major 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 changes that we've never seen before yeah, this is going to be so, so interesting. Okay, that makes me think of one last question, then I'll let you go because yeah. <laughs> we've got a while. Astrologically, you know, you said you mentioned documentaries and, and things coming to light, and there's been this whole movement of like the QAnon stuff, you know, all those documentaries yeah. and like people really getting sucked into that. And so, is that part of the astrology of right now? Is people really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Huge part of the astrology huge part of the astrology. Well, we have the same energy as the rise of fascism. So <laughs> I keep reminding people of that, that so like, true. yeah, I keep reminding people. I'm like, yeah, like hippies were involved in the freaking, um, you know, Nazi party. Like this is not this new thing, the new quote unquote. That's why I hate the word new age. Because this is all ancient practices that like it drives me nuts to call it new age. But it's like, that's, 
that's why all these new age people are so susceptible to this because it's this whole like group think mentality like that's how cults exist and the whole thing and so i'm like yeah it's not a freaking coincidence that this is happening this has already happened like you know i always feel like as astrologers we're always super interested in history like i've never met an astrologer who doesn't also consider themselves an, a historian to some degree yeah because it's like we just we play these cycles out over and over and over again and you hope that you know with this new aquarius energy coming in and this this brand new um wave that people actually wake up to at this time and don't become susceptible the way they were the last time we had this energy with the rise of fascism i can only hope my goodness because it's scary like when you put it that way and you really think about it it's so terrifying well yeah well and that's and again that's and that's the difference is that we have the aquarius energy and the aquarius yeah and the aquarius energy is all about the individual for the collective mm -hmm. so that's why i always like even with my own clients i'm like what do you think right like not what do i say what does another person say like the age of the guru is dead that was oh, pisces yeah. that's gone no more age of the guru no more age of the religious figures leading everything like that's just not what we're in right now no. and so you just have to be super cognizant of am I following someone um, who is allowing me to be a leader and who is encouraging me to think for myself or am I following someone um, or am I following a movement that is built on fear and built on this us against them mentality mm -hmm. and this, this um, notion of, you know, don't think for yourself, right? It's like, yeah. it's so ironic to me that there's all this red pill talk and yet these people are really not thinking for themselves you know no, like really not they're just yeah. following and then like yeah if if anyone dares to think for themselves and say hmm, wait is this not true it's like oh no you're you're not listening you're not reading the resources and it's like yeah yeah exactly really. and i think and i think again like there is a kernel of truth to these conspiracies. Like well, there I have, is a kernel of truth. To yeah, yeah, totally. But then it's for you to do your own research on, you know, what that is and to get down to the bottom of it for yourself. And also if that's something that you're really concerned about or really worried about, then work with an already established organization mm -hmm. that's helping with that already. Right. It's like, right it's not new that there's sex trafficking. It's not new that there's corruption in government, right? It's like, these are things that we've been aware of. So I don't understand why people are having this whole like hullabaloo right now. Like it's the first time we're discovering this. I'm like, there's children at the border being held in cages and like, you didn't get upset about that. Yeah, so it, why are you getting it? It's, yeah. it's mind boggling, but yeah. well, on that note, <laughs> I know I'm like, how do I end that like better than that? I mean, but again, I, I okay, I do want to end this on a hopeful note because yeah. this is a time of hope. This is not a time of despair. This is a time of get together your marathon supplies. Mm -hmm. Like, pack you know, your bag. <laughs> pack your bag, strap in your seatbelt, and like do everything you can for yourself, for your community, you know, for your family. Like, I keep telling my clients, I'm like, if you get sucked into national politics and that becomes your entire life, you are just going to be disappointed 
over and over and over again because yeah. everything is changing. And it's so all going to crumble down. So like it's all attached. Yeah. So the best thing you can do is to do exactly what we started this conversation with. Look at your astrology. Look at your human design. Check out, am I aligned, right? If you don't feel in alignment, check out your human design and astrology yeah. and see like where you're holding yourself back from your true greatness, right? Where you're keeping yourself small and where you can expand to and focus on that. Focus on helping and leading from that place and not from the place of fear and not from the place of despair. Because that's because, the only way that the timeline keeps shifting. Exactly. And that's what we're here to do. That's what um, this whole podcast is about. That's what we're here to do as sisters. That's what all of us, like our, us whole, this whole soul family of all of you who are listening to this right now with us, like that's what we're here to do is to help people um, really remember that they, every single person is great. Every single person is divine. We all are God. Like, mm -hmm. No one's and above anyone else. There's no hierarchy. There's no, yeah, there's no better or worse. And so a beautiful place to start with that is astrology and human design. And um, Catherine, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah. Everyone is interested in um, working with, working with you because you're, all your stuff is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yes. So I just wanted to say, um, I do work with people on personal things. So things like anxiety, depression, money, energy, that sort of thing. And I also do business coaching. Mm -hmm. So those are two um, avenues with which you can work with me. Um, and I also hold classes where you can actually learn human design and you can learn astrology in little bite-sized pieces, <laughs> um, which are my blueprint sessions. So there's a few different avenues um, in which to rediscover your own design, your own astrology, and also start to learn the process for yourself. Um, so you can connect with me on Instagram at, um, at Catherine underscore Whaler. So that's K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E underscore W-E-H-L-E-R. Um, and then I'm also, my website is also CatherineWhaler.com, super easy to remember. It's just my name everywhere. And then um, same thing for Facebook. It's Catherine Christine Whaler. And I also have a Facebook group called Soul Rediscovery. And, um, and Catherine has a podcast, Soul Rediscovery as well. Yes. And yes. I'll put all of this in the show notes as well so people can find you. <laughs> okay, awesome. <Yeah. laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and for this conversation. This was so enlightening and it's just so wonderful to talk with you and I know we're going to have you back on like you're like our resident astrologer now <laughs> I know it's so funny and like our sister chat they're like Catherine what's going on with the astrology yeah, seriously <laughs> yeah I know and anytime we even have conversations in there I'm like oh yes Mercury like you know Mars has gone retrograde this is a conversation that we're having you know what yeah. I mean exactly seriously like befriended astrologer it's like amazing your life gets so much easier <laughs> I know my friends always joke they're like I have my own personal astrologer <laughs> well because seriously it's so funny anytime like you, like literally what you just said anytime there's like something that comes up you're like oh yeah and the astrology is this so it's just like we know <laughs> there's always an explanation always yeah astrology is always there for you human design too
Woo, that was quite the episode. I hope that you guys loved listening to that as much as Catherine and I enjoyed recording this episode. There were so many juicy nuggets of information that we unraveled as we were going through this conversation. And honestly, we probably could have kept talking for another hour, but earthly human responsibilities called and we could not. So (laughs) probably better for us all. That would be a very long episode to listen to, but I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. We're going to be definitely having Catherine on again in the future. Like I said, during the episode, she is like our resident astrologer. And it is so, so helpful to really understand the astrology of what's going on. And also, if any of you are looking for an astrological reading, I cannot recommend Catherine more. She has helped me so much getting through some of the astrological transits I've had going on in my chart over the last few months. It's been intense and she has been such a grounding ray of light. So if you do want to get in touch with her, like she said at the end of the episode, her website is katherinewhaler.com. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook with Katherine Whaler as under Katherine Whaler as well. Definitely take a look and check her out. She also has a podcast, the Soul Rediscovery Podcast, and she has an after hours astrology podcast with her best friend Leanne, which is truly hilarious. <laughs> and it's called Know Your Stars. And I highly, highly recommend that you all check it out. It's really funny. As always, if you liked this episode, we would so greatly appreciate it if you would share with your tribe, share with anyone you think would resonate with it. Send us a like, a screenshot of a like, rate, and review if you feel called to review the podcast. And we will send you some codes as well as a thank you to work with us. We just really appreciate any and all of your help um, in spreading the word about this podcast and the Rainbow Realm, the Rainbow Warriors, all of this stuff that we're talking about. Also, if you have any astrology buffs that you know who you think would be interested in learning more about the rest of 2020 and everything else we talked about, then also please share with them. We would greatly appreciate that. And I just want to say as well that as a birthday special, my month, my birth month is September. I am having a 15% off sale on my entire website. So if you are interested in that, the code is moon and, um, just wanted to throw that in there as well for this highly charged month of September and the highly charged last three months of 2020 that we're about to enter into. So as always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your time and your ears so much and sending you all so much love.